The following conversation is intended for mature audiences only. Those under the age of 18 or without a sense of humor, listener discretion is advised. There are all sorts of ways in which we love to do this. Open up the mic. You know what I'm saying? It's windy, it's stuff's going on, it's been like a month since we've done an episode as well. Usually I have some remark, quip, that's in, you know, relating to current events, but nothing's really happened in the last month at all, so. Well, three weeks, no it's pretty cases. slow. No, it's a no, ca- no, no cases, no news. So no uh, activity. No coronavirus, no, nothing's happened at all. It's all good news except for South Australia. Going back into lockdown. Oh, no, no. Wait, going back? I don't know. With The, the deal with South Australia is they never had a second wave. So True. they're going to be experiencing that now. I feel like this is the second wave for them. And when they say six days lockdown, you know it's going to be six weeks. I mean, look <laughs> over look over you, two yeah. Victorian cousins, mate. Yeah. Have a look at us. Oh, we were told six weeks. It turned into four months. Yeah. And we finally kind of nutted it out. Yeah. So, I don't know. No, it was, you know... Uh, Temper your expectations, you gotta, South you, Australia lads. Yeah, you, it's, um, you got to make an equation. Uh, and it's like, yeah, lockdown days that are carved out and then you times that by like five. That's the, yeah, the true lockdown, I think. Is that... That's yeah, it. it's like the the old uh, adage or whatever you say in, in high school, you know, guys, they say, oh, I slept with 10 girls. And mm. then the reality is, well, you've got to uh, divide that by five mm. and that's your true number. And yeah. then it, the opposite's true for girls. So right. they'll say, oh, I slept with five guys. Because all girls are... They want to downplay it. Sluts. They want to downplay their sluttiness. <laughs> that's true that's true uh they're more ashamed of it than guys are and guys are more willing to you think so i think with the uh in the era of whack i think it's no, i think no <laughs> shame i think we're just we're, we're doing it and you know we're out there we're, do, we're feeling it and uh, it's a good point for for guys though yeah uh you gotta you gotta take those numbers down a bit i did sleep with 10 girls but that's just me uh, yeah, <laughs> not, not everyone's as prolific as, my, as myself but no uh you're above the rule yeah <laughs> Um, the bit I was going for though was that like we'd kind of pretend as if like nothing's happened where everything's happened right in the past like since we last did the show mm. the election oh absolutely. so that happened and, uh, <laughs> right. or arguably isn't over <laughs> right okay. in some people's uh, no yeah in some people's eyes you know it's um, yeah, you know it's like uh, people want to people want their guy. People want, want their guy. People want their guy. But uh, Trump doesn't want to get out of the office. He doesn't. So he's still sitting there. He's loving it. And he has every right to sit in the throne. The Until January uh, 20... Whatever. Whatever, yeah. Australia Day, maybe. Uh, mm. It's right there. There you go. But, yeah, what I don't understand is... 
how does Trump really say it any different? So say what? He's lost. Like concession? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he hasn't conceded. That's the thing. Yeah. So I was kind of waiting <laughs> for him to. But it doesn't really matter what he says or thinks no, because the no. votes are in. True. The people have spoken. And yeah. He, I don't know. Well, like he can feel different, and <laughs> of course he's going to because he's obviously got a horse in the race, right? Yeah. Himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a little. Uh, I don't know. I get the feeling he's a little bit selfish. That guy. It's just. Yes, my, it's bit. just my. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it call me a bit judgy for saying so but I think he's just a little bit up himself that guy just a bit just a bit but that's the whole thing isn't it like Hillary Clinton in 2016 lost by a smaller margin than Donald Trump lost by in this election Mm. and she conceded immediately Mm. so it's just a norm it's like good sportsmanship right to say that like obvious the, the way their system works it is so fucked up that like technically he can fight this all the way until the end of December when the electoral college comes together and officially makes Joe Biden the president-elect, because that hasn't happened yet. Mm. All they've had is the election. So You mean historically it's never happened before? Uh, in terms of, like, a president not conceding? Yeah. Um, that has happened. Like, that happened with in 2000 with George Bush, and, and it's, this is the thing that people keep bringing up to, to say that there's some precedent for Trump to do this. Uh, but that election was decided on 500 votes in Florida. Oh. This election, Biden has <laughs> won, like, five key swing states by margins of tens of thousands of votes it's nowhere close to as uh like possible that sure there might have been fraud but fraud on the level that would he would win by that margin you're claiming something like magical at that point yeah um so that's i guess again it's like (laughs) everything with this guy uh he's he's doing nothing illegal but he's violating every norm that's in place to sort of ensure a degree of decency in terms like, even though Obama like to his credit in 2016 he didn't cause a tiff about like no I don't like Trump should have been my guy should have been Hillary she was ready for it I, I, you uh, know she's my gal no he immediately started working with Trump's transition team uh, he uh, immediately was you know putting things in place I mean that said he did also then start an investigation into his Russian connections, and that did eat up two years of his presidency. Look, they don't like each other. I think that should be clear. They don't like each other at this point. And it's not even that interesting. I just thought I'd bring it up because it happened. It's just, at this point, I think the only attitude anyone can have is just indifference to their crazy, fucked-up political system. I don't know I don't know if anyone's happy, but... No, I mean, it'd be weird if we didn't mention it. And, like, yeah, it did happen. Well, what you, what, did you have any, like, thoughts on the night? Because it seemed like he was winning, he was winning on the night, right? Did you, did you pay attention Trump to that? Trump was winning on the night. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of up and down. Uh, there's a lot of states to count, so I understand that. And that happens over... But did you have a reaction that a lot of people had where they were like, oh, shit, it's four more years, it's going to be... Did you, did you have any moment where you were, like, accepting the fact that Orange Man might be... Uh... <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that he's already had four years is a mystery and... Sure and bewilders me but i mean another four years on top of that i mean buckle up sonny <laughs> buckle up yeah, i don't know we're, it, america's in such an interesting spot with like the pandemic as well yeah right where this is so much damage to be fixed and repaired uh, and it's a big task for, for biden um but say trump were to get four more years and i mean i don't know does he push on the gas does he put his uh, foot down a little bit harder, uh, you know. I mean, the like, way, the, yeah, the way he's conceding would make you think that, like, 
it's not as if the guy has any like ideology. He's not even interesting in with like at least Bernie Sanders yeah. has a good follow. Has, he's a populist, right? That's what Trump is too, in terms of like appealing to people's appealing to what's popular. That's what a populist is. Um, but Bernie Sanders at least has an ideology. Like he's at least concerned with doing things for the purpose of his vision. I don't think Donald Trump even has a vision of what he like wants America to be. He has a vision for himself. Yeah. He likes he likes winning. He likes power. He likes money. Um, if we're to believe the steer report, he likes getting pissed on. But he doesn't have ideas. And like, and and the mm. most hilarious part about this, to not even like bring it up uh, anymore, is that they elected the oldest president in living in history, right, Joe Biden, in a time where you couldn't imagine like a need for more new ideas. Like, a, like, like you couldn't imagine a, a greater opportunity for new ideas, for bold thinking, innovative policy. And they elected the oldest, longest politician, like 40 years in mm. politics. It's, it's, it's all you need mm. to notice to recognize the irony of our moment, right? That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You're, you're totally right. The, the conditions, the circumstances, they're just ripe for change because we're in such a cut my thumb by the way that's fine. I'm, so, I'm so, suck away mate. not just trying to like get some erotic tension here i'm just uh <laughs> i just cut my thumb open so keep, keep going uh, tend to your wounds <laughs> lick your wounds mate it's fine uh yeah i mean uh just with like everything that's going on so much stress yeah. so much social unrest so much anxiety mm. um yeah i mean you know this is probably the kind of conditions that were in the, the well, like civil war ethosphere when you know, I don't know, like Christianity came about, sure, and then okay, something yeah. like that. And you know, it's it's like people just need something to believe in. To hold on who, to, yeah. yeah, they don't know who they are. They don't know who, where they live. They need some sort of sense of certainty, right? And in in a weird way, maybe that's why they went with an old guy. They're just like, well, he. He's lived and he knows, and we just need someone who's like boring, and that's well, what Duncan Trussell says, right? True, boring yeah. Biden. That's, that's what I want. I don't want, yeah, you know, but I don't crazy think that's, I, I think that's uh, slightly, that's that's slightly getting it wrong because you don't want boring. What you want is yeah. a guy who is competent, who doesn't self-aggrandize on Twitter <laughs> as his policy, uh, you know, philosophy, basically, like. The funny, the hilarious thing about Trump, and if there is a silver lining, and there is really, is that he exposed how, uh, but, uh, like how uh, lacking in true, genuine thinking and, and logic the uh, leaders were. You know, he exposed that because, and his approach to it was interesting. You know, he's like, I'm just going to tweet, um, you know, we're pulling out of Syria. Even though he's done, even though he has, he doesn't have the power to do that, mm. and he's just going to hope that he's able to command the will by tweeting about it. Like it's interesting that <laughs> he thought that approach would work, but I think um, he's exposed as well a lot about like, like just what you said about Biden. Like, yeah, people want boring. It's like, but that's missing the the, the fact that a boring Obama, for instance was not satisfying to a lot of people mm. like and boring hillary clinton which was offered by in 2016 was not satisfying like it, it feels as if we've gone through this whole shit show for four years and nothing has no lesson has substantially been learned 
So we're just gonna we're just gonna do the exact same stuff. And maybe maybe we maybe if look if Biden puts like Andrew Yang in a position of power, that'll signal something to me anyway. Well, to people that cared about like Andrew Yang's ideas of UBI, you know, of police reform. He, he wanted to like get police officers trained in jujitsu, so they're not fucking uh, none of this Floyd, George Floyd stuff happens mm. again. Um, you know, actually like real combat training. And I think it's also important to notice that like. It's not as if the people chose Biden. The DNC chose Biden, and he was the only alternative to Trump. So it's not as if, it's not as if people like Biden. People hate Trump. Um, and the, and the, yeah. the hilarious part about it, what's your reaction to the fact that as well, not only did Trump gain, I think it was 10 million votes from last time, he gained with black minorities, with Hispanics, yeah. with all the people that he apparently hates and is racist towards, what do you make of that? It's like the only thing I can conclude from that is that the media just says whatever they want to say and the people who watch it repeat it, but everybody's not watching it just doesn't give a shit. It's like it's like a, a clubhouse that they're not in, but they don't care. <laughs> like they, they, they see him, they have their own view of him and they don't think he's a racist, especially if they're a black guy. They're like, this guy's a G. He's, he's telling people to fuck themselves. He's a, he's, he's a pimp, right? Black people, all black people respect that. Like he's, he's a hustler, he's doing his thing. I don't know. What do you, what do you make right. of that gain in... Um, in minority votes, if he's apparently a white supremacist, racist, blah, 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 all that shit, right? Yeah, you can't help but wonder, like, are they gobbling up the media? And I'm not even sure what, like, the media landscape is like over there. Do they do the the leading kind of newspapers and everything? The narrative is what's being pushed. Is it that Trump's a racist? Yeah, I is think if you look at CNN, NBC, um, all the major... New York Times, Washington Post, they've all ran stories which have alluded to the fact that Trump is a, is a hidden Nazi. He's like behind closed doors. Uh. He genuinely is a white supremacist. He genuinely hates black people. Um, without ignoring the fact that he's done, he's put in through policies with Kim Kardashian, no, no other, that have introduced a lot of police, uh, sorry, criminal uh criminal justice reform so a lot of like uh getting black people uh out of prison that didn't deserve to be there he was doing that but he gets no credit for it because orange man bad that that's the (laughs) thing is that the 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 liberal i hate using these terms because it's very alex jonesy but it's hard to escape it because there really is a liberal bubble there really is this media network that talks to itself like eric weinstein calls it the gated institutional narrative i think that's a beautiful term It describes it quite well, and the thing is, gin. they they I just like some gin. the gin exactly, and they and and so when Bernie Sanders goes on Joe Rogan, and talks to him for an hour and a half, and you hear what he has to say, you hear his beliefs, you hear his opinions, he can't hide it, right? He's mm. you can't hide, you can't act for an hour and a half. Oh, you can, but it's I don't know, you're a psychopath, <laughs> but it's very hard to pretend for that long. So you get to hear what he has to say, and the next day on MSNBC they'll call him a. Uh, you know, the, a socialist or a, uh, or someone who's trying to destroy America, right? It's like, no, I just heard him. I just heard what he had to say. He had, All he wants to do is help people. Why is that a problem for your narrative on MSNBC? It's like, it's just, and so, the, and then it brings up these questions about, well, who's really in control of these platforms? Who's really, who are these platforms appealing to? And more and more, I think we saw in this election cycle that the DNC has far more influence in these media it's a symbiotic relationship between the DNC mm. and the journalists willing to go with their narrative on Black Lives Matter, on, you know, uh, there's all this stuff about uh, defunding the police we talked about, right? Yeah. It was hilarious because they had this, this Democratic DNC with Nancy Pelosi, who's like the leader of the House. Um, 
they had this like Zoom call after the election to basically like you know come together, do a breakdown, and many Democrat you know people. This was leaked by people in the call. Many Democrats were furious about this defund the police shit. Like that, that they were saying like this almost cost me my seat because you were you were saying all this bullshit about defunding the police, and then people in my community thought that like oh the Democrats are gonna take away the police and just let criminals run wild. Like, like that rhetoric really had an impact according to some people. And uh, the response to like from Pelosi and all that was like, no, no, it's great, no, it's fine. Let's just let's just stay together. Let's come together. Yes, we can defund the police or whatever. Like they, they they're trying to build a home for all these different voices, but they're totally incompatible. It seems like, but I don't know. It's I have a lot of thoughts about it, but at the end of the day, it's like is what it is, and it's in a shambles. So what are you gonna <laughs> do? But you know, and feeling indifferent is usually the logical way. For I mean, <laughs> it's hard to do anything else at this stage. But 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 going off like again, yeah. I think the, wor- the worst thing Trump did, did clearly uh, show was his incompetence during the pandemic. Like, he couldn't yeah. hide the fact... Like, Douglas Murray has the best point about him, I think, where even if tr- even Trump's biggest supporters have to admit that he has no ability to uh, control politics at the at the level that you need to, be it to push through sludge, right? Like, there is a... The point of... There is a... There is a... I don't know, like, how, how would you say? Like, a, a process to politics... Well, you actually have to be involved in, in, you can't just tweet about it, man. You got to actually convince people. You got to get across the aisle. You got to make deals. You got to, he's supposed to be the deal guy. Like what? Anyway. Um, yeah. And and, instead of what, he's just like sitting back at, in the evenings, like sipping his whiskey and on the rocks or whatever. Watching his KFC. And then tweeting every, you know, 30 minutes going, (laughs) going, oh, I'm thinking this and I'm thinking that. And now... It's time for us to try bleach. That's the thing. It's like virus. the whole time you wouldn't have guessed that he was the president. He's like, we should no. try this. And it's like, yeah, we should do. Yeah. Okay. Do it. You're, like, the, <laughs> you're yeah, the guy. Like aliens would be like watching Trump and going like, mm. nah, he's not in charge, is he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he lives in a fancy house and everything. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone respects him. But why does his opinion hold so much weight? <laughs> mm. Yeah. And the thing is, like, so with the pandemic, right? So we got these, these vaccines apparently looking pretty promising. Oh, uh, yeah. But now, as we've talked about on this very podcast the next question that will have to be talked about in the public is well how are we going to get everyone to take it like because that's not just a mm. given and it's an interesting thing from the uk i saw where up to 50 percent of people support um forced injection right so half the people and, and, they, and speaking of lockdown they just went into another one too i think so uh, yeah yeah uh, i think europe's all shut for business right i'm pretty sure yeah yeah, yeah. UK included for sure. Fifty um, percent, more than fifty percent of people support forced injection. It's just about fifty. That's I think, yeah. so interesting. Like, how does that even happen? Do people just go door knocking and then? That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, how do does you, that happen? Do you consent to this injection? <laughs> yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. All right. Hold out your hand. No. All right. We're gonna pin you down. <laughs> like, like I was just talking about this with my mom before you came. Like she was like, uh, you know, I don't think that there's no way that's, that's so far from, the, from where we like, that's never going to happen. Like pol- I said, police will knock on your door and inject you. Like that's what's going to happen. And she's like, no, it's not going to happen. I'm like, mom, we just had a, a forced lockdown for up to like three to four months. Well, you couldn't leave to, you couldn't five kilometers from your house. You would have been arrested or whatever. Right. Yeah, fine. Yeah, if you kept fine. doing it, I'm, if you did it repeatedly, I'm sure you'd be arrested. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know what world, so, uh, you know, the world's changing, I think, right? The and world's changing. Our and expectations I, need to change with that. Well, no. Well, my thing is, I don't. I don't think our expectations need to change. I think we just need to, especially our older 
comrades mm. need to be more aware of the fact that <laughs> a lot of young people, for some reason, well, not for some reason, it's, it's an explicable reason, but... I was going to say, we could postulate at that. We, yeah, we could. <laughs> it, I don't know how... There's many reasons for it, but I think... Um, we're just more, we're just, a lot of people are more comfortable with letting authorities decide things. Like, they're much more comfortable saying, let's let daddy decide, right? Daddy Dan or daddy whatever. And it's like... He knows what's best. And, mm. and it's that philosophy that anti-vaxxers are like, no, I get to choose what I put into my child or put into my body or whatever. And there is a question of bodily autonomy. Like, it's just, I guess it's similar to the, it's adjacent to the, uh, like, abortion question. Like, should Definitely. the state be able to just prick you with a thing Without your consent, right? It's different if you consent to the vaccine. But I don't know. Do you, do you imagine you put that um, there are enough people? Let's just take Australia, for instance. Are there enough people? Because I've, I've heard from a mum as well who's in the kind of wellness circle of people. Apparently, there's, there's lots of people that, like, not only think it's a hoax, but they think that, you know, there's no way they're taking a vaccine because that's going to have some sleepy controlly <laughs> ancient oh, you know like the, the crazy stuff but like but what do you do i don't know how do you uh, see the funny landscape meme i just thought of uh saw earlier it was something like oh uh bill gates he's gonna give us all a vaccine no that's gonna brainwash us and then elon musk comes out i'm gonna put a chip in your brain uh, cool cool man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i saw that yeah, right that on good. right yeah. on elon musk <laughs> you do that um yeah, uh, you put a lot of faith and trust in authority if that's what you're going to say, right? And yeah, I, well, for sure, I yeah. think that on some level we need our own opinion to resonate, to reverberate through the... Well, it's a very, it's a lazy thing, right? Where you're like, I just trust the experts. It's like, yeah, what experts? Where um, are they? Like, because that's the thing that, people, that a lot of people haven't intuited yet is that since... Uh, Eric Weinstein put it this way, and I thought it, was, thought it was the best way to put it. Since the majority of our sense-making has shifted to the internet, right? Yeah, yeah. Most people get their news from Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever pops up on their feed, right? Mm-hmm. They're not watching commercial news on television. Since that fundamental shift has happened, mm-hmm. the ability for us to cohere on what's true has, like, fundamentally gone away. And so when you say listen to the experts, what you're saying is listen to my expert, <laughs> essentially, right? Yeah, and, right, right. And the peop- unfortunately for the people who still rely on like ABC News, like television and radio for their, mm. they don't actually understand how incoherent everyone is. So like, so like if my mum will say like, I just don't understand these people. Like the, she'll just say like, they're just, she'll say, I don't understand how someone could be this intelligent and mature, like friends I know and say all this nonsense about, um, vaccine or the oh it's a hoax or whatever mm-hmm. but i have to make i have to like make the point that it's like no there's still very intelligent mature people but that's the perversity of these informa- of our news feeds is that we're all getting our tailored reader digest form of news where it's all making us feel uh confirmation bias and and we want to just validate our yeah our stuff right yes and you can see like so the disparity happens when we're all in these bubbles that we reside in online and then in the physical world whatever we choose to kind of see or do and whatever clubs we kind of hang out with the people we see and all that and so like the disparity is so much greater now and and that you know that's pretty obvious and it seems like that's definitely the trend in terms of you know a lot of people being becoming extremists and identifying with the left or right and all that but yeah back in the day where the majority of our news and our information came from the one source 
everyone's getting it from the same, you know, yeah. everyone's suckling from the same teat. Right. And so there's no real deviation from that. And it might not even be true, right? Like like the reporting oh, on, yeah. on war, for instance, right? The propaganda. Propaganda. You can good, find... Good example. You can find tons of reporting that isn't true or incomplete, rather. Yeah. Or serving the narrative of the state that you're in, right? To make the the the, civil, the yeah. Look, at least in China, there's no civil war because everyone's that, on the that's same what I was page. Say. At right? least it's at least it's <laughs> one narrative, right? That's yeah. the difference. At least we're yeah. cohering on the one narrative, and we're not disagreeing about what is objectively factually true. And that's exactly right. Like in China, uh, I'm sure in China, yeah, they're not. There's maybe there is people claiming it's a hoax but it must be significantly less than this they know that if uh, they say that they'll have their head chopped off you know, they're, <laughs> they're going to be next on the hit list and you know that's, <laughs> that was that that's kind of the that's kind of the downside yeah. to having so much freedom in our thoughts and in right. our you know autonomy because we are free to go in any direction right it's, on it's a 360 a, it's it's a it's you know, a weird marriage between what social media allows us to do and our maybe more Western ideals of thinking for yourself and, and not yeah. listening to the man. Yeah. Once you and the individual yeah. instead of the state. And that's the big difference. Right. And many like, people just think that they can Google their way to being an, an expert on epidemiology or, or vaccines. But I think what... But here's, and here's the thing about the gated institutional narrative that, that gets this completely wrong is that they don't, they don't address these concerns it feels like to me like what they do is they'll say oh these people are just stupid because vaccines are always safe like they'll say something like that mm-hmm. and any fucking idiot can hear that and go that doesn't sound true vaccines are always safe mm. well but human beings make them they can't be always mm. right so they'll say something in the all like covid like uh yeah uh what, what was it about covid it was like um it's just a flu right or like, they'll just say something that to design to comfort you yes. rather than tell you the truth which is what i would say journalists are for um it's it's all um narrative manipulation it's all narrative and uh, they know that everyone lives on a story we're all riding this this uh uh locomotive of a narrative and so they're like putting in their their little pieces their little touches to keep you on this one track Mm. and that's really what it comes down to like whether they're saying the truth or saying an absolute lie doesn't matter as long as it builds up and supports this railroad yeah of the narrative and but but then they actually but then they pretend as if they're surprised when people support trump in in the in the magnitude that they do Right, it's like they tell you yeah. the falsehood and then pretend, seemingly it's, pretend that like, oh, it's what a shock. It's like, I, either uh, you're trying to live in the real world and live in reality and be truthful, or you're doing something else. And and it feels yeah. like a lot of the news is doing something else. They're doing opinion. They're doing, and, and it's weird. Uh, hopefully, in this uh, you know early twentieth first century moment, there are people who real like innovators who come up with a new way to present news in a way that is clearly objective and tries to be as unslanted as possible but it seems impossible it seems so hard to do well so it's like there's this over overwhelming and like overseeing 
manipulative puppet, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, okay. And, and right. their railroad, everyone can see that. Everyone can see that track. Mm. And even if you're on a different track, you know of that one. That, like, mainstream, this is the narrative, like... Um, uh, Daniel Andrews, he's really screwed up the handling of the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We're on that track. So if you're on another one, their goal is to make you feel like you are crazy. Right. And yes. you need to come over to ours. And that's kind of the thing with a lot of people on that that mainstream track is they, they're kind of manipulated into thinking that that's the only track that matters. Well, it becomes a sport. It becomes like uh, yeah. Team A it's versus them. Blue, Red, it Orange, is. Green. Like pick your colors. It it's is. like, and but for people who recognize that that is the most superficial way of approaching the world, you want to have a genuine discussion about because all politics is mm. to me, right? People are like, oh, I hate politics. It's like all politics is to me is a, is the yeah. discussion about how we want to live in a society. Is and it, it can be it's as very broad. interesting. It's not it's, not. it's not. It's not. Politics isn't like oh, I'm I'm a lefty or I'm a right. Those are just the made up terms that they yeah. use to play their game. It's like, but there's a real question about what society do you want to live in? How should you conduct yourself within that society? That's pol- that's politics. That's what it is. And with that, I totally agree. <laughs> and yeah, that's whenever anyone says that, I kind of raise an eyebrow of like, you don't care about politics, so you. Let me get this straight. You don't care about your life, right? Like, that's kind of like what it it hits closer to. Or, is or, like, or you, you just care? sort of... I kind of understand what that person is saying. Like, mm. I actually do... I don't, I don't treat that person with like, oh, but you have to be. Like, I don't think you have to be. But if you do have an interest in culture, in society, in terms of like being involved in thinking about the health of how a society functions... I think it's important to think about what are your political ideals? What society do you want to live in? And then once yeah. you have your idea, a lot of people st- just get their ideals and then just stop. It's like, no, but you have to actually then put those ideals into the real world. So, you know, like Thomas Sowell has this great quote, the, econ- the economist, I think I've butchered it to you before, but um, the idea that there are no solutions, only trade-offs, right? Until you have that very deeply un- huh. understood, yeah. you're going to be operating from this utopian, no, idealistic. That, I like that. I right? Like it's that it's a lot. it's a good way to frame it, right? Like that's true with anything in life. Like, yeah. yeah, you could play video games for an hour, but you're not going to be doing something else. And that might solve your craving, or it might solve like I don't know boredom. But yeah, the trade-off is you've just used that time playing right. games, and, so, and maybe it was fun. And now you got like I don't know a dead leg or something. <laughs> like imagine if you imagine if you had some software in your brain where it was like every hour you spend, it like it like you see like your lifetime or something. It like takes it off. Ooh. Like how much more significant would it be to play that hour of video games if you knew that that hour was never coming back? And like, or yeah, and you knew where the the deadline. That's was. the thing. You wouldn't know where the where the you know you could, they can't predict the the end date. Do you think we'd live happier lives if we knew when we died? If like you were born and that was like you're dying on this day. Whether you like it or not, <laughs> we're think, taking you out. I don't know. I, Everyone I, gets 50. You know what? That, you could make an ethical... Actually, it's interesting. You could make an ethical argument that we should like... This is the this is the part that gets cut out and I get cancelled forever. I'm never going to work in any field again. You could kill people by the time they turn like 50, right? And that's fair. Everyone gets a lifespan of 50. I mean, maybe you have a heart attack at 30. Bad luck, bad genetics, your problem. By 50, you should have reproduced if you're planning right. on it or not. Yeah, but we're not going to give you this. You're not going to support you. Like 50 is enough. Uh-huh. You've had a great human life. Make room for the next one. Get out. 
Or maybe we'll just toss you to like an another island, or perhaps even Mars. I don't think we'll no, just ship you I over think, to the I, next because, planet. No, but that's that's live out your days, that, mate. That's, and then the Martians can just deal with all the senile and the geriatrics. You're thinking like Captain Cook dropping off goats to all these islands <laughs> and all that. I don't think so, mate. I think that's causing that a problem. Arc. That's causing a problem for the Martians. The Martians have their oh, own thing going on. I yeah. think you just need to cap them, just take them out, and that's it. Fifty <laughs> years. I think that's a, that's a good point because then you're because. The resources need to be available for the next gen. Get out of the way. If it's 50 years, we're already halfway through this. But life. don't you think you'd... <laughs> would you be happier if... You, that's what I'm saying. But would you be happier knowing that, like... like It's interesting. That's the amount of time I have. Maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be kind of like uh, when you're on death row and you see your date. Maybe it's not that ideal to know when you're going to... Look, I think that knowing... <laughs> What's your take on this? It's very interesting. I, I like this. Because, you know, on one hand, and the way it is now, I like it. It's almost like, you don't know, it's a mystery, why are we here, it's a mystery, you know. If we knew all the answers to everything, maybe it wouldn't be so, so fascinating. True. Maybe the curiosity would just be snuffed out, because we would have the answers to everything. But because we don't and because the universe is so vast and infinite and mm. we don't know where the end point is mm. that's kind of where uh our the mystery is important the yeah. mystery kind of lives on that's and, true i like that uh, even just to our you know the way our brains are coded is to keep searching to keep exploring right like like if you take a real like thousands of thousands of years ago on a Polynesian island, if you wanted to skip town, mm. <laughs> skip the island, go to a different place, you would literally be like riding a life on it. And yeah. the fact that it paid out and we found different islands was became part of our encoding. Dude, even, well, that's a good point. Even just before like air travel, when you got on a ship to like go across an ocean you, you would arrive a whole group of different people like <laughs> half yeah. of you would die of dysentery and like scurvy or something. oh my god <laughs> like it, it is it is I, ha- I was watching this um mm. i can't remember the island but it was like one of these small town islands and one of the guys who's like my mom's age like 50 or something was basically saying like his both his grandfathers on this island because human human life was just so like messy right like he said one of his grandfathers came from a family of 18 and his other grandfather came from a family of 13 because you're just having fucking baby it's like it's not it's not but no, first of all there's no birth control unless you know how to pull out but i don't think porn was there to teach them so it just eluded them i suppose well i mean the the the, the urges tell you to stay inside that's true so, it is a sin pulling out is well it just feels wrong <laughs> we're gonna go with what feels right and that's yeah. how we got here in the first place that's yeah. why I'm in between someone's thighs Hare Krishna Amen and it was also just the idea that like you can't invest too much in one ch- one kid because mm. life is too perilous so the idea was have a fuck time and then like whatever whatever survives survives oh, so yeah. that's the idea whereas like now the, the, we're much more materially comfortable so we the, the evolutionary incentives are to invest in one or two or three or four, four. but once you start getting <laughs> up there you're like oh this is crazy like I can't yeah. handle this um, also I think the idea is for parents like they just want to when they have one kid they're like oh give him a friend 
know. Yeah, it's not, you're right. It's not so much about let's just make sure one of them survives until they can reproduce and carry on the name. Um, it's more about yeah, like how's Timmy gonna do growing up? He'll yeah, probably be better off with a companion of a similar age. But yeah, it was so normal to lose like. Oh, some crazy statistic I can't remember it was in Sapiens it was oh, like yeah? one in every five kids just died <laughs> and now it's like one in every 500 right something crazy like that it's, and I'm sure if you like didn't include Africa or India that number gets smaller and smaller and yeah. smaller right? yeah yeah um, because you know there's so, there's just so many people there uh, in those places but okay so it makes you think right because m- miscarriages and just like uh, SIDS so sudden infant death syndrome <laughs> that shit's crazy would have been so much more prevalent and you know not to mention the amount of like I don't know hepatitis or whatever else was <laughs> just out there yeah um, killing kids killing people like young children up to the age of 15 yeah left right and center you know you would know a neighbor that has a family member that's lost one and if you've had a few kids, you've probably experienced that yourself. And mm. so what does that make you think about resilience and losing oh, yeah. a child? Because nowadays we say losing a child is one of the worst things to go through, right? Losing a parent is tolerable. Like, you know, it's kind <laughs> of like natural right, to happen right, right. For, for an offspring to witness right. maybe not the death of or but experience and live through the death of one of their parents but to flip the table there and say that parent's going to lose one of the child one of their children and a lot of the time you know it's really under their responsibility to make sure that they do live and yeah. they get the right amount of food and clean water and whatnot but, yeah but you uh, know does that make you feel like we're softer now no yeah it's a good point like <laughs> like people do say that and then my first thought is like that's true because I think it's true because like if you have a kid the temporal order of things is that you know you've had however many like we have a sense that there should be some temporal ethics to our lives right you should you should die certainly not before 30 right mm. that's that's totally unfair it's a tragedy right and and so it's like I think that's the idea with like if you're a parent and you get and you experience your child dying even if it's a 30 or 40, it's still mm. such a, a hard thing because it defies this temporal logic that life, but of course life doesn't make sense in that way, but we want it to, right? So we want, we want, we want to be certain that if I do invest, and I, especially emotionally, if I get so attached mm. to this fucking thing, yeah, I screw want it. money, screw money for now. I yeah. Mean, like, yeah, like the emotional roller coaster of getting invested in this ape and then raising it and fucking and doing all the shit and to have it lead to have it die before you yes it just i guess it just betrays a Mm. a logical nature to the universe right and we don't like it when we see it um but that's a good point which is to say that almost every animal species including human beings for the longest period of time likely would have experienced the death of their descendants on some level and that's why they had a bunch of them yeah and you could argue that the emotional cost of that was far less because you had a bunch of them and it was far more of a metaphysical fact of life that your child is in danger a lot of the time especially if you're hunting or doing something like that you're you're, you don't have a house to protect you from predators um that's happening far more often you'd think um 
so it is interesting like but, but, but maybe that that makes sense so the correlation of investment in your descendants as you start to have less children you invest in them more of course the emotional cost then is increased when you when they don't develop in the way that they're supposed to when they don't get to experience all of the years that you get to experience um it's i think it's like kind of like that i suppose but even then yeah i could see what you're saying maybe um Look, I mean, people people get through it too. It's not as if mm. like people. Not, it's, it's it, but you can imagine it is. It yeah, helps them build a, character at the very. Yeah, least. I mean, I guess yeah, on some level. It, I'm sure someone tough. who's lost a child recently would be, kind of, feeling very, disassociated with us at the moment. Like saying something like that, you know, mm. builds character. But, um, you know, eventually, well, it's just, it's just like anything. Like at some point, you have to you have to accept it. And yeah, you, have to do you that. can't keep uh, mulling over it. Yeah, because really, it's it's then impacting your life. And I guess, hey, that's the thing. Back then, it was like, oh yeah, keep ruminating on one of your children. Well, especially that's if you have a died. if you have a son, though, dude. Like yeah. the son's going to war. Yeah. <laughs> that's true in most <laughs> human generations of people. Well, even just, uh, <laughs> any gender, really, because you know there was a the tribe that they found somewhat recently yeah yeah not sure where but yeah all all genders all ages all very fit all running all like able to take down a mammoth mm. in in some sort of synchronicity Damn. it would have looked pretty cool actually <laughs> i guess uh <laughs> if they had cameras back there yeah get a gopro on them <laughs> uh yeah no it's uh it's fascinating momentary flash of consciousness between two eternal